punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. to episode 82 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined as always by Adam. And holy shit, dude, 289 was pretty good. It exceeded our expectations. How you doing, man? How did you enjoy the event overall? Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I think Canada brought the vibes, uh, for lack of a better term, and it was it was an awesome one to witness. It would have been sick to be there. You could tell it was oh. just buzzing. Um, and those Canadian fans are probably some of the best fans in the world because they're rowdy but polite. <laughs> you don't get that. You don't get that in many places. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was obviously working, covering it just from home. Um, so it was busy, busy. But yeah, you know, worse things than uh, working covering UFC every fight. It's, it's been really good for me for this podcast, if I'm honest, because I watch every single fight now. <laughs> <laughs> He's been forced to pay more attention. Yeah, mate, let me just uh, get my tiny little violin out there and uh, and play it for you because I have to get paid to watch the fight. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. And to be honest, I'm going to – I know we never do this. This is a rarity, but – because of a bit of a do, do a good podcast, <laughs> do a good podcast. Are we about to do a good show? Um, I'm going to start with a fight that was on the early prelims because we didn't give this man any love last week. Stephen Erseg, who's an Aussie he's from WA, and if I'm really honest, I didn't even know who he was this time last week. And then that night, you text me like, "Dude, there is an Aussie on this card." Stephen Erseg, we fucked it. And then the next day, I was literally having a meeting with the Eternal guys about the event that was coming up and they're like, oh yeah, Ursegs fighting. So then slowly as the week went on, I learned everything about this guy to the point of I watched every single Eternal fight he'd had because I had to. And then <laughs> I was there on Sunday going, why can't I fucking bet on these fights anymore? Because this guy's <laughs> going to win. He's going to win and I can't fucking bet. <laughs> and I was just there. It was torture. And um, But I was so happy Yeah, great, great, great tip. Great tip there, bro. Great, like putting all that work in. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your confidence with you co-host who is allowed you know to gamble paid? yeah he was he was a massive dog he was, was like, like plus chuck- 200 230 oh, two, yeah it was fuck. yeah it was it was rotten and i tell you why it was so funny i'm in a, in a few different mma group chats i'm in this great discord which is which is based out of australia and there's been chat about Urseg. and so i was aware of him i knew he'd been dominating eternal and i just completely missed his name like on, on the on the on the fight show sheet i knew he was fighting i knew he was making his debut but I just completely blanked that he was on there. And then when I was um, actually going through and placing bets, I was like, oh, Erseg, he's actually he's actually on here. Turn, turns out I read the fight cards uh, you know, more closely on Bet365 than I do on Tapology when preparing <laughs> for the show. Funny that. Yeah, well, we usually glaze over the early prelims pretty quickly unless there's like you know a big guy debuting. And uh, there was a quiet big guy debuting. His personality is... <laughs> 
is very quiet, just a smile, very polite. And what we were talking about in the office today, actually, it's like, you know, they all love someone with a bit of personality because we've got to try and sell all these fighters. But if, if he's as good as he looks like he might be, that personality he doesn't need matter. personality. It doesn't matter yes. at all. It's actually more intriguing if you're like that and you become like yeah. a champ. It's like this guy's a zombie. Mate, we got we got to dive into it because what an absolutely incredible UFC debut to fight someone not only ranked, but in one of the toughest, deepest divisions on the roster. I mean, okay, we there's um there's 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 155 there's 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 bantamweight but but man this is a uh, this is this is way up there in terms of in terms of some of the talent at, at flyweight and it was just so impressive David Dvorak is not a slouch and to come in and fight a ranked guy on ten days notice is truly truly impressive and he deserves all the credit in the world he's been recognised by the rankings committee gone in at number fourteen which for my money. When you come in and take out the number 10 guy in the world, you should take number 10 ranking. I, I Call me crazy, call me old-fashioned, but I think that's sh- how it should work. But sometimes the rankings people are completely, you know, brain-dead, room-temperature IQ kind of people, not the finest people, not very serious people, and they make stupid decisions. This is one of those. But <laughs> it's so exciting to get an, another, uh, you know, let's say... Um, high potential Aussie in in the UFC. Another another guy who who f- sort of fits in there right now with the kind of hype that Jack Della has been accumulating over multiple fights. Old Astro Boy Stephen Erceg comes in and goes, "All right, boys, I'm here and I can scrap like an absolute G." My goodness! Yeah, he earned himself a bonus too, which is from a decision without a finish. Rare. Crazy, and yeah. Mad respect to Dana for that because it's very easy to oversee a decision win in the early prelims without him, you know. Yeah. Without saying it, he could just not have even watched that fucking fight. And he, someone, someone, even if he didn't, someone told him, someone there deserves props. And uh, I'd like to say it was me, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, when was the last time someone made their debut uh, against a ranked opponent and, and put in such a, a great performance? That wasn't high profile coming in. For example, Michael Chandler comes to mind. He came in and he got Dan Hooker and, and he obviously wasted him. But Mike Chandler was a champion in another in, in Bellator. He was hugely high profile and he was coming in to be straight in the mix in title, title contention. That's rare. UFC doesn't really make these big free agent signings. They they build their talent through, you know, all, all of the pipelines that they have available to them. I mean, super, super impressive. And I don't know what Steven's situation is. I don't know if he trains full time. I don't know how much he was making on Eternal. Obviously, don't know any of those things. But in all, he, and I also can imagine that he was on the same standard contract that most guys coming into the UFC get. He was probably on twelve and twelve, fifteen and fifteen. But he probably was able to make out, uh, you know, with with let's say. Eighty, ninety thousand dollars from this one fight, probably more money than he's ever made in his entire fighting career to date because of that bonus. And if he's not a full-time fighter, if he is, you know, doing a lot of guys do personal training or coaching or whatever, that will change his life and give him the financial freedom to be a hundred percent full-time gangster fighter. And he is only going to get better. It's what a story, man! What a bloody story! 
so fucking good and it's so good for Eternal too, which for those that don't know is like an Australian MMA promotion. Like it just gets more and more eyeballs on there. and It's a great show. Eternal, it's on Fight Pass. All our shows are on Fight Pass yep. and it is a great show. 100%. So I guess we could probably talk about some other pretty big shit that happened uh, on this card. Do you want to go straight all the way to the top? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, probably the the uh, the biggest news coming out of this was uh, Nas Nasadin Imavov and, and and Chris Curtis ending in a in a in a headbutt. Right, that's probably the biggest talk talking point to come out of this card. Uh no, mate. So, like, uh, wow. Let's 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 go to the main event. But actually, you know what? Before we do that, we've talked we talked a little bit about it. But holy cow, man! You could feel the atmosphere coming out of the television. It must have been incredible for those Canadian fans. Um, I've said it before. We're going to say it again, but I got the same vibes that we got from London in the first event back after COVID, March 2022. We got the same vibes as Paris. We got the same vibes as Austin. When the UFC goes back to these markets where they haven't been for a while, either just because of time or the enforced layoff because of the travel restrictions and stuff, once they get a packed house, oh my goodness, the crowd elevates and brings it. And in hindsight, foolish, I should have just bet every Canadian fighter because it brings an extra percentage out of these fighters. It was truly awesome. Even from, from the get-go, Diana um, uh, Belbita, the, yeah. the, the Diana Belbita, Romanian fighter fighting out of Canada, represents both both countries. There was a crowd, there was a pop, and that got the ball rolling. Kyle Nelson, uh, Zahabi, Jazdavicius, Marc-Andre Borio, Mike Malott. Bang, 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 bang. How's your father? Look at that. That was, It was unbelievable. And they just got on a roll, and the train did not slow down. Just just a, a great night. And seriously, next with, time... Uh, <sighs> I mean, we could have retired. You could have, you could have, we, we would have, yeah, well, you can't bet, but if you could have, you could have bet that, you could have then walked away from your job. I wonder what the UFC <laughs> would do if I broke my contract by putting a bet on and then won so much money, I bought the UFC with that bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a move. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, did, how did you go in, in school, Adam? How did you go with your, with your, with your sort of maths and, and basic arithmetic? Uh, I'm doing a, tertiary degree now in MMA math. So <laughs> <laughs> MMA, MMA math, everyone's favorite kind of math. Um, wow. It's the same one they use for the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. So, oh, and before, um, sorry, mate, before we move, that, uh, made a pretty there was, no, no, you know what? Sorry. She can wait. The discussions around, we, we, we're 10 minutes in, 10 and a half minutes in, but we got more. one more thing to talk about. We alluded to it on the last episode about how Adam has been a bit of a curse, a bit of a, uh, you know, he's caused some problems for the Anzac fighters since he's joined uh, the UFC there in Australia, and he's, he's, he's probably directly responsible for all of their losses. Fortunately, we can say that he's directly responsible for Stephen Ersegg's win now as well. I went back, I did a little bit of a bit of a check, and I believe now ANZ fighters are two and three since you took over the role of president of the UFC in Australia. So you still got a losing record, but we're on a good track now. And you know what? I'm going to give you extra credit for for the Ersegg win because 
he went straight into the rankings and it was such an impressive performance. So well, he might think, even allow you to break even. I think the secret was that we didn't talk about him on the pod. So the <laughs> USA 290, yeah. we just won't cover it. We're, We're just not doing it. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the, the rest of the card. We'll talk about yeah, we'll talk about the rest of the card, but no Aussies, no New Zealand fighters. And we're certainly not inviting Brendan Bradford back to the show because he'll curse it as well for sure. Oh my god, he killed his first leg of the parlay last time. Anyway. Um him actually on this Shane, Shane Young shout. Just for those listening, um Brendan Bradford, I think I did have a beer with him last week is going to be in Vegas for UFC 290, and as will I. So we should be able to uh, get that bitch on the podcast at least once. I mean, one, that's good. Two, <laughs> I hate both of you. And I three, I hope some unfortunate demise falls upon you both because, honestly, it's fuck Vegas, you. it will. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's just unbelievably unfair that not only are you going to be there, you're getting paid to be there. Honestly, you make me sick. I'm disgusted with jealousy. But anyway. it's um, If it's any consolation, and I know it isn't, <laughs> you, I will not sit down and watch a second of this fight. Like, I'll see them all, but, like, I'll be not even be able to breathe for nine hours straight on fight night. So, yeah, I get to go there for free, but uh, it's it's chaos. There's no beers <laughs> getting drinking. There's no let's bleed getting painted on my fucking stomach <laughs> like you do when you go. It's, Listen, uh, mate, I'm extremely responsibly, responsible and well-behaved when I attend UFC There's no lurking um, outside the fighter hotels. <laughs> I'll be staying in it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be lurking within them. I'll be waiting out, waiting out on the podcast. <laughs> Waiting outside Volk's room to get in his get in his laundry basket. What do you got? Where's the good stuff, Volk? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, these fresh from training. <laughs> I'll go sell. Or you know, mm, oh yeah, there's 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 definitely a market for that. Yeah, priceless though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, wait, so should we, should we talk about Amanda Nunes in our UFC 289 recap show? Fucking 14 minutes in, I think. <laughs> if we had got to 15, we were officially misogynist pigs. <laughs> don't, you know, don't let a minute tell you who you are, mate. We can, we can claim it. Um, no, holy shit. What a per- world, mate. <laughs> what, what a performance by Amanda Nunes. She came out and she shut out Irene Aldana. I mean... What, what I don't want to do is take away from Nunez's performance because it was very, very good and she got a fairy tale ending and but we'll talk about, about her whole whole career. No, no. Irene Aldana completely shat it, man. She succumbed to the nerves the moment, the occasion, and was just petrified. I never want to see her fight above the prelims outside of the apex ever again. I have zero interest in ever seeing Irene Aldana get a title shot after that performance, you can't come in. She, it's not like she came in and got clipped, caught cold and knocked out inside the first 15 seconds. Like, it was so poor. She had no urgency. She completely shut herself down. And I thought at the end of the first round, she caught Amanda Nunes with a, with a counter right hand and wobbled her. And I was like, oh, all right. We're going to see if she's, that's going to give her a confidence. She's going to come out. She's going to fire the hands and let's see if she can put it on Amanda Nunes in the second, third, fourth, fifth, nothing. It was one of the most pathetic, shameful, just 
shit excuses of a of a of a title performance that I that I, I can't remember seeing um in, in in a long time. And it was credit to Amanda Nunes that she was so good that she still made it a pretty okay fight to watch because she 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 just dominated. In terms of an individual performance, Irene Aldana has to be put up there with with Rose and Carla Esparza as individual performances as one of the worst in, in recent memory. Fortunately, the, the the quote greatest female MMA fighter of all time, Amanda Nunes, rescued the show and just beat her down. Just put on a clinic, and arguably, you could give multiple, maybe all of them, maybe except the first round, you could give them as ten eight rounds because Aldana offered nothing zero it was an embarrassment yeah it was it was but hey going out on top it's pretty cool to see that i nearly would have this card nearly would have been better off one of those rare ones where she announced her retirement a week before the card i think it would have done way more numbers and like might have got a bit more interest from the the fans if we knew it was her last fight because you're just like i gotta watch this um, but yeah, I, I don't like when fighters announce it in advance, though, neither, because it kind of it ch- it must change their. But this even is if they know it, yeah, this make no no one gets to go out on top. No one has. Very few, very few have the fairy tale ending. GSP got his. He came came back. You know, killed killed Mike Bisping and, and, and became double champ. You know, maybe John Jones will defend against Stipe and uh, and walk up, walk away. Khabib, right? But we're talking about the the absolute elite of the elite, and in the context of women's MMA, Amanda Nunes is the elite of the elite. Her resume is brilliant. She was a okay. She was a two weight world champion. Let's be honest that the second belt was a trinket. Yeah, Cyborg came over and, and and she obliterated Cyborg and won that belt. But the defenses, the defenses were a joke. But there doesn't need to be a belt to recognize the, the body of work that she did. And the fact that she 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 just ran through Cyborg, who who was brought in to be the next you know star or monster of the women's division, and Amanda Nunes just blasted her. Wow, um, just super impressive. I've heard and seen some stuff online and on other podcasts, um, and, and some of them are just sort of making the point or making the conversation. I think anyone's truly dying on this hill that she's up in the conversation for goat of regardless of male or female. I just don't think I just don't think like the 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 resume that she's got can justify it. Even though her resume is like she's beaten champions, the quality of those champions just doesn't quite stack up to what some of the other people we consider the GOAT are. But for now, and maybe forever, no one will put a, a resume together in women's MMA like Amanda Nunes has. It could be a long, long, long time before we see someone challenge that. Yeah. The, in terms of GOAT debates and all that, uh, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and whatnot have just beaten the GOAT out of me where I just could not give a fuck about any <laughs> sports GOAT. Who cares? There's so many great players You'll, you'll, it used to be a fun discussion and now it's just like, ugh, who cares? <laughs> They're all good, okay? But yeah. what? just bouncing off what you just said, what 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 do you see in the next five years for women's MMA without her in there? Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is probably not going to be there for much longer. 
it's not I don't know if you know of anyone coming up outside of the USC that's meant to be an absolute destroyer, but I don't. Um, they've signed a few sort of young up and coming women recently. Shauna Bannon out of Ireland, um, Melissa Dixon, UK fighter from 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 Aries FC. But like, there's no there's no monsters coming through that you're like, oh, these these are going to be. I mean, Natalia Silva looks great, um, but not 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 135 pounds. Honestly, so Dana pretty much confirmed women's 145 pound division gone dead. Let's get rid of it. It's it's a joke division. Bantamweight, if you look at the Bantamweight I mean, division now. I not retired from that division and just stay the champ for eternity until someone wants to challenge yeah, until and so- just retire. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the longest reign ever. The number one contender now and probably will fight for the vacant belt is Juliana Pena. And let's be honest, Juliana Pena stinks. Like, I know she beat Amanda Nunes and she's now going to milk that till till the day she dies. And okay, she was UFC champion. She might go down as like one of the worst UFC champions of all time because clearly Amanda Nunes was, you know, it was a huge upset, da 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 da. The technical level of that fight was like eight year olds amateur MMA. Amanda Nunes was out of shape. She didn't, tr- she clearly didn't train for that fight and, and she quit. There wasn't even a choke. It was a, it was a, it was a neck crank jaw squeeze. It was, it was, it was nothing. She came back. And she 50, 43 Juliana Pena and took a chunk out of her head like she'd gone to work with a scalpel. I mean, she just beat the brakes off her. I think that Juliana Pena was desperate for the trilogy. She's been talking all this nonsense, all this smack that Amanda's running away from her. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. Look at your two resumes, look at your accomplishments, and just look at your abilities. It's it's night and day. Juliana Pena is number one. It's shameful. Raquel Pennington is number two. These are not good fighters. Holly Holm has been there, done it. Okay, she's she's a legend. She changed the game, but she's you know she's she's not an exciting fighter, and she's old. We could we could end up genuinely in a scenario where Holly Holm becomes the bantamweight champion again at the age of fifty-seven, which speaks volumes volumes about the division. Irene Aldana just came in and put in that crap performance, and then you know Car- Misha Tate is still ranked eleven. Misha Tate has retired, come back looked dreadful, and has still decided she wants to keep fighting. Um, Jermaine Durandamy is, uh, who who has a, I think she has a win over Juliana Pena. I think Juliana Pena got choked out by a Dutch kickboxer who's like 40 years old. This is what we're talking about. Jermaine Durandamy hasn't fought since 2020. She's just had a kid and is talking about coming back. Three years later, and this is supposed to be like an injection of energy and something different into the bantamweight division. Close it. Get rid of it. Either ask all of these women to move down to 125 pounds or release them and let them go elsewhere to other organizations. Or have a 130 pound and get rid of both. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate that. 130 pound would, 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 would be better just because the men weigh a certain weight doesn't mean the women need to be the exact same weight women's bantam weight could be 130 pounds it could be a new division and you could give the, the you know that norman dumont would never make 130 pounds you give her the opportunity to go to bellator to go to pfl to go to go to a, a different organization and you bring in and this is what you do to supplement you bring in the atom weight division 105 pounds there's a ton of women in the at- at- atom weight division. Invicta Fighting Championships has got a strong roster. Go out and b- build build a tournament. 
get the eight best atomweight fighters in the world and have a Grand Prix tournament to crown the inaugural champion. And happy days. Women's MMA is on its way to being fixed because a lot of these women, A, don't belong in the UFC and B, the weight classes aren't, are, don't, don't um, allow the, the, the highest caliber of, of fighters because, you know, typically there's more women walking around at smaller sizes. It's the same reason we have a dearth of talent in men's division between a, like 145 to 170, 185 pounds. And as you start to get bigger and bigger, the skill level typically decreases because there just are fewer humans walking around at that size who could be considered, you know, professional mixed martial artists. It's just, it's just a numbers game. So, so you've been asking me for a job every five minutes since I got a job at the UFC. I've now got one for you. I mean, I ring you up and I say, Lewis, I've got one job. There's only one job. You take this or you don't work at the UFC. And it is your job is to get women's MMA to the highest levels it's ever been within three years. Are you taking the job and are you confident that you can actually do this? So what, what would that mean? It would mean you have to match. I'm not going to say a Rousey pay-per-view because they're ridiculous. I'll say you have to you have to match Nunez's biggest fight that isn't Rousey. Does that, can I exclude UFC 200 from that? Because she definitely got yep. the Brock Lesnar. Yep. Boom. Done. Easy. Done. I could do that. 100,000 pay-per-view buys is all I've got to crack. UFC 289 probably didn't do that. Yeah, probably. Done. Three years? Done. You reckon you can do it? Easy. Standing on my head. Nice. All right. Well, let's do it. I'll, uh, so, I'll talk to text now. data. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get on that, get on that uh, UFC Slack channel that I know you've got and your direct line to, to Uncle D yeah. and get it sorted. <laughs> Sup, D. <laughs> Sup, D. Uh, the <laughs> other thing on Julian and Pena is I think she. It was a beautiful speech, by the way. I think, um, like a nice little monologue. I think she would agree, and with everything you said, if you put her on a lie detector test, she just knows that Amanda Nunes is the only fight that's going to get her shitloads of money in that whole and division. Get her weighed in, and yep. uh, she's just like, "Fuck, there goes my money. There's my there goes my money fight." Um, and put, that's it. No, I. I completely agree. I don't have any problem with what she's doing from a marketing and sales perspective um, to the point of where she's like, uh, she, she's making herself known. She's getting, you know, she's, say, she's saying I'm the biggest name out there. Da, 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 and she's saying that no one else knows the names of all the other. Mm. I get that. And I, I don't have a problem with that. But when she comes, when, you know, when she's like saying that Amanda Nunes is scared of her, like, come on. Like there's some, there's some, there's some, absolute shite that she's talking and there's there's a line and there's there's a finesse and there's ability to do it well and i would just argue she's not doing it well and she's probably not bright enough to do it well yeah probably shall we talk mr charles Oliveira? du bronx du bronx fucking looks good <laughs> For those that listened last week, I made a pretty blank statement. I think Benil's going to win this fight. Uh, he didn't look like he was going to win for three seconds of that fight. He didn't look like uh, anything but a cardboard cutout of Benil Darius for most of that fight. Um, Mate, Charles was, was sad. 
It was. It was. I'm sad for Benil because he's put this great run together and he's all he's always missed out on his big opportunity and this was it. Unfortunately, he just got handed a buzzsaw in a reinvigorated, highly motivated, dangerous Charles Oliveira and he just handled his business like an absolute weapon from the start. And it automatically opens the can of worms. The question is like, oh, does this Charles Oliveira beat Islam Makachev? Can we believe what he said, that he was 10% Charles that night? Something wasn't right. The weight cut was tough. He was drained. Does that Charles Oliveira put up a much better showing against Islam Makachev? I don't know, but I'm sure shit interested to find out. Of course, you would... It, you would fucking hope that in a rematch he puts up a better fight than his last fight. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it wasn't good. I, I just think Volk put up a way better fight the first time. So if he wants that, if he if he gets a 290 win and he wants it, I think it's his. I, I hope so. I hope for your sake. I hope for our sake. <laughs> no, I do. I, I genuinely do. I, I, of course, I hope Volk gets that chance. I don't think he's going to get it, man. I think he, I think he, uh, he beats Yair, and then I think um, Ilya Taporia maybe runs through Josh Emmett, like brutalizes him in in a few weeks' time, gets on the mic and calls for a title shot, and I think Volk has to do one more. I think he has to do one more before he gets the crack again, because ultimately he did lose that fight. And the other thing is, did he? <laughs> There wasn't, there wasn't really anyone banging on the door at, at lightweight at that time because he, he Charles had been run through. And it was like, okay, like Charles was clearly the best lightweight in the world and had beaten everyone. And then he fell so far short against Makachev. So it was like, okay, let's, let's, let's reach down into 145 and, and give Volk this opportunity. Charles has put himself right back up there. Charles has just... Benil could have been that guy. Benil was 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 it was like okay maybe because Benil's been matched with Islam before and the fight didn't happen. If Benil had gone through Charles, it would would have been Benil. And I, I just think that's what the UFC is going to do. I, I hope for our sake it's not, but I it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Charles Charles has got that pop, man. Charles Charles is is as big, if not I would say globally a bigger star than Volkanovski. Charles Charles Oliveira is beloved by everyone, and a lot of people love Volk too. But Charles is on a different level, man. The Charles love that he gets online and the pop that he gets is is something extraordinary. And I think the UFC wants to get that one more time. Yeah, probably. But that fight's still there, you know. Anyway, if like not if not if Volk beats Islam, which I think if they fight again, they will. And Charles and Charles versus um, Volk wins. Volk, I do. Yeah, I, th- I think he's learnt enough. I, th- I think. I think. I think Volk's. I think having listened to everything he said, so and watched what he's done Charles and what he learned. Do you think Charles wins? No, but I think he puts up a better performance, and then Volk cracks the guy. Imagine. So imagine if Makachev handles Oliveira again. What that does for Volkanovski's legacy if he then beats Islam Makachev as well. I don't know, man. You're right. 
Whichever, whichever way we get it, we've got we've got great fights coming up and great opportunities. Whether it's for Volk at 145 or 155, and whether it's Islam versus Charles or Islam versus Volk next, it's going to be great. All, so all of those, all of those permutations are great. Woo! <sighs> what else do you want to talk about from this card? Few things to talk about, man. Um, Mike Malott. Um, I was I was sad. Um, about about this one, just because I really like Adam Adam uh, Fugit, and he's um, you know I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times, so I just have Sounds that like, like Lewis curse to me. <laughs> probably, yeah. So I I I, uh, I also I, I also interviewed Miranda Maverick ahead of this fight as well. So uh, yeah, oh <laughs> <laughs> <O> for two, <laughs> oh for two on this one. Maybe maybe I'm the curse. Shit, <laughs> I did not think about that. Oh, All right. it's real. It is real. It is. I think uh, but I really like, like just, just, yeah, just, just the fact that, you know, he's ha- happy to, to give his time. And um, yeah, so I, I, I just wanted him to see him do well. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way, but he ran into someone mm. that let's be honest, the UFC put him there to lose that fight because they think Malot is the next real deal. And they wanted to put him, you know, put him over in front of a Canadian crowd on the main card so they could go, bang, we got a star. Mike Malott, you, he'll, he will headline a fight night in Canada within the next 12 months. That's going to happen. I'm yeah. sure of it. But he looked really good. Looked oh, he looked great. I'm not taking anything from him. He looked great. Did you uh, see that, the, just I, the fans nearly collapsed on him when he walked out? Yeah. Wow. Jeez, that, that was could have been. Call. That could have been so much worse. Did you hear Paul Felder on the broadcast? He was just, he was just like, yeah, give him a beer. They'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, t- tell you Thank what, if I have in if, the States, because that was 20 Americans that fell, there'd be 20 lawsuits coming straight away. Oh, well, I, I was just, I was just about to say my, my back and my neck would have been in all kinds of strife after that. And I would have been ringside UFC tickets for life. Yeah, that or a penis extension. <laughs> <laughs> Paid in full. Oh, dear. Ten, ten grand an inch, worth every penny. Um, yeah, Mike Malott so looked great. I, 200 grand. <laughs> oh, no, no, not, not a reduction, Adam. Not a reduction. Um <laughs> Um, I so somehow try to just get back to the analysis of the fight here because we know we know that people tune in for our hard-hitting, deep-level analysis of all of the fights. Um, Mike Malott, what happens? <laughs> no, I, I so early, very very early on he landed a v- horrific body body kick. I genuinely don't think uh, Adam uh, Fugit recovered from that for the rest of the fight. That was it. And he he got beat. He got his ass beat for the rest of the first round because he was just so compromised from that. And a minute between rounds, honestly, like the fact that he was able to stay up from that just shows how tough he is. But I don't I don't think he ever recovered from that. And Malot saw that, kept attacking it, and and from there he was compromised and it was all over. It was a beautiful technique. And oh, the, yeah, the very very. Oh, thought of that, like it just. I, I felt sick. Yeah, hearing it, it, it was it, it was really disgusting. Him off the ground. <laughs> it was fucking like an anime kick, you know? They're like, yeah, yeah, some room. some some drag Dragon Ball Z, like, 
bang, I expected him to go flying through the cage and out the other side of the arena. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why all those fans fell. <laughs> <laughs> he he hit him so hard he went back in time and 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 pulled pulled the fans down with him. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how time travel works. Got it all, got it all sussed out here. Um, Should do a time travel yeah. pod. Oh mate, uh, we, we'd be so on point, and we wouldn't upset anyone with our with our takes or, or, or knowledge about, about time travel than fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, admittedly, it's a low, it's a low, it's a lower, you know, threshold. It's a low bar to pass. So we could do it. Basically, we just need to. We should just watch Interstellar and do a recap of that and somehow pass it off as our own theory. Plus Back to the Future. Let's just ma- mesh those two together. We'll be fine. You know I haven't seen Back to the Future. What? Like, not properly. You know, like I've seen bits of it, but I've never sat down and watched the Back to the Future movies. Mate, you've got some homework to do. I know. I know. And I've been meaning to now, like, for... Because, like, for ages I just didn't think about it, but now I've been meaning to do it for probably three or four years and I just still haven't done it. They are they are brilliant. They are so, so good. And it's hilarious because I'm pretty sure, you know, we've passed the the future point in time now of what they were. It's it's awesome. It's such a good good trilogy. Oh, and all three of them still hold up. All three of them are good. Michael J. Fox is is brilliant. It's just, they're just... Uh, yeah, they're, they're staples of, of, of movie culture. I, I would highly suggest watching them yeah, soon. I need to. I need to. I also haven't seen the, the new Guardians of the Galaxy yet. Um, oh, it's really I good. To that. I need to get to it. But I'm, I'm nearly finished the first season of Succession. <laughs> oh, good. So you're almost up, almost up to date. <laughs> yeah. Are you enjoying it? Are you, are you liking it? Uh, I think I'm just starting to, and I've got like one ep to go. But my right, okay. girlfriend assures me that... By like episode two of the second season, that's when that's when you'll know whether you like it or not. So I'm just grinding to this point to be like, is this show as good as everyone says or do I stop watching it right now? That's why. Per- persevere, my friend. Pers- and, and you know you've got you've you know you've got the end in sight already. It's only four seasons and it's not they're not ultra long seasons either. So I, I, I highly recommend persevering. Alright, I will. And um I did work at News Court, which this is based on without saying they're based on so i can relate to yep. some of the bullshit that fucking goes on um, exactly anyway back to the well, that, future. Was, that was our <laughs> that was our movie and tv show intermission right sandwich right in the middle of the pod let's go back to the fight card where were we up to zahabi ige yeah um Dan Ige, um, very good performance. Dropped Nate Landwehr a couple of times. I think honestly, Dan Ige pretty much saved his career here because he would have probably he would have dropped out the rankings with this loss. Uh, he stopped a guy who had a lot of momentum. Nate the Train Landwehr looked very very good, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure Ige had lost like four of his last six or something to that effect. Mm. Let me pull this up. Um, so Damon Jackson. So he'd lo- yeah, he'd lost four of his last six, starting with Calvin Cater, which was no shame. Calvin Cater, that was that was when he was on his missile uh, trajectory to the to the title shot. But lost to tough guys, Korean Zombie, Josh Emmett, uh, Avloyev, very highly rated, highly ranked guys. But ultimately, if he wants to swim in the top fifteen, he's got to be beaten. You know, ha- hanging with those guys, and you can't lose to people outside of the rankings because once you're out, you're in free fall. Um, but 
Wait, hold on a minute. Where is he? Is he? Hold on a minute. Am I am I losing my mind here? You are. Yeah, I can't confirm. But what are you? Oh, there he is. Yeah. He's ranked 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 thirteenth. He's ranked thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. So there he is. One hundred foot ranked thirteenth. And so he he gets to solidify that shot. To be honest, I, I'm curious who who they give him next. Maybe they give him another surging guy just outside the top, or they give him you know someone in the 11, 11 to 15 range. There's a, there's a few names there, a few guys, you know, guys he hasn't fought before, which could make some interesting matchups, whether it's Sadiq Yusuf, Bryce Mitchell, Edson Barbosa, or Alex Caceres as well, who, uh, who, who recently had a good performance. So great, great stuff for Danny Gay. I like him. I think he's a talented fighter. Now he's got back-to-back wins in a tough division. Uh, good for him. Good for Danny Gay. But talk about impressive performances, keeping on this Canadian thread. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Man, Eamon Zahabi. Came out and he might have killed that guy. That was unbelievably brutal. That was so so impressive. Oof. Ugly, but good ugly. <laughs> yeah, like me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's <laughs> exactly like you. <laughs> ugly in a way that it just kind of works. Yeah. Um, he um, Arch, uh, Archie Longman. He's a is a really good fighter, and he just he just starched him, and he he was he was gone and. It was one of those knockouts where Archie Long got back up and he was like trying to fight. Like he had he had no clue what was going on. Bro was on another planet. That's what I love and- about UFC commentary. They just talk about that. Like if that was an NFL game or something, that'd be the broadcasters would be someone would be in their ear being like, shut the fuck up, don't mention what just happened. And they'd be like, Oh, he's trying to fight. He's still trying to fight. He thinks he's still fighting. He just said it about fifteen times. <laughs> TC just fucking no awareness of the situation. Man, DC, DC, what a, what a legend of the game. Seems like a great dude, but my goodness, some of his takes and his commentary, you're like, what are you talking about? What yeah, what is blood I, waffling I about? It. I don't I don't want to. Yeah, oh, me it. too. It's it's great, and this is the thing. Sometimes people. People like get annoyed, like, no, we want the most hard hitting technical perfection analysis. That's why we've got John Anik there. Just let us have fun fighters who just like commentary doesn't need to be perfection. It's it's a fist fight in a cage. Let's have some fun with the commentary. Yeah, we're gonna know Seriously. who wins. Ninety if ninety percent of the time, we're gonna fucking know who won a fight without yeah. anyone <laughs> commentating. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. They're there to add color and experience and whatever. We don't snoring and still trying to fight is the guy that lost. And and we figured that out all by ourselves. Yeah. We're we're very we're very knowledgeable and astute fight fans. I figured it out the fourteenth time DC said it in the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that's um Three fight win streak for Firas Sahabi's brother. Uh, very impressive, and that kind of performance. He, he hasn't, you know, he's not been an active fighter for once in twenty one, once in twenty two. I'm sure he'll be wanted to get another at least one performance in, bef- another fight in before the end of the year. He's got six months to do so. Hopefully, see a couple for for him because he didn't take any damage. Probably is able to, you know, rehydrate, put on a bit of weight, and and, and basically go again. And he'll be looking to make an impact because he's not. He's not a spring chicken either. He's going to be 36 later this year. So really, uh, especially a bantam weight, it's it's now or never for him to sort of make some kind of make some kind of run if he if, if that's what his his uh, his aspirations are. So good for him. Let's see him crack on and and continue with uh with the wins. Um last fight I just wanted to point out. I thought it was a very very impressive performance 
Uh, it went to decision, but Kyle Nelson, just a violent, terrifying-looking Viking guy, and then just the nicest guy. Like the most, he's the most Canadian guy ever. He looks like he could be a lumberjack somewhere in the Canadian wilderness. Just um, could fight a bear with his with his bare fists. And then he's the kind of guy who like he'll knock you out and then be like, "It's okay, uh, I'll come and mow your lawn for you because I'm I know so I know you've got to rest." Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry for doing that. Uh, just just seems like the nicest guy, and what a contrast of a personality to the killer in the cage that he that he, he looked like and and fix some issues. His cardio was on point. I, I love when you see fighters clearly improve from one fight to the next, and certainly Kyle Nelson did that, and he he needed that badly. And he did it in front of a home crowd. He got a draw against uh, Choi Duho. And that was because uh, there was a deduction for a headbutt. But before that, he'd lost to Jai Herbert, Billy Q, got a win over Polo Reyes, who I'll be honest, I don't even know who that is. And then had lost to Sales and, and, and Ferreira as well. So one, two, three, four, basically five fights in the UFC, he's lost. So that was only his only second win. That was such a necessary win for him. And to do that, uh, you know, on the big stage in front of his home crowd, he's probably bought himself at least one more, maybe another another three fight deal with the UFC. So huge for Kyle Nelson with with basically basically fighting for his career at this point. So so to put it on against a, a you know a guy that's up and coming, undefeated Blake Blake Builder, uh, very 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 impressive. Got to say though, Blake Builder has got like borderline disability level fight IQ. What the shit was he doing? That was, it was like, come on, bro. Like you, you need to be tested. You might be able to get government benefits for having such low IQ. That was, it was horrific. You might be able to get on this podcast. <laughs> you might be able to get takes off on this podcast. That's the level that we're dealing with here. <laughs> Holy shit. Anything else for up to 89? Cause I want to talk tough. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk tough. Let's talk tough. Let's, you, you know, of, uh... conscious time. Episode two. Did you um, see the when Connor went in? When Connor went in the house, obviously the haircut is hilarious, but the fact that he was just hammered drunk, bro, he was off his chops. <laughs> it was just like a five-minute meme. You know, there's there's TikToks, Instagram reels that just go around of Connor just eternally now. They just go around everywhere. It was one of those, like a five-second one of those that just went on for five minutes straight. It was so fucking funny. He was just holding court off his chops, off his chops with all of these people. (coughs) Uh, Oh, man. The the exact scene I'm talking about, too, will go out on the UFC Australia Facebook tonight uh, as a bit of a preview. Like, basically, it'll be out. When you're listening, so if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to that Facebook page. You'll watch the whole scene, and it is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, and he was obviously a nightmare getting his hair cut as well for poor uh, for poor Mando Gutierrez, who not only got got absolutely starched in the fight, but had to try and sh- you know shave a wild drunk Conor McGregor who was just moving around. Can can you imagine the stress he would have been under if he? Flicked and like shaved a, a massive. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember on um, the first Jackass movie when they would come with the clippers behind people yeah. and just over the? Imagine if he'd done that to Conor McGregor and he's like, "Bro, I've got to be like, I, it wouldn't put me past Conor McGregor would just start fighting him there and then. It would have been, it would have been like, let's we're throwing hands right now. Just, he just, just had, ridiculous. Like, all his, um, 
his whiskey and his stout and shit just like around the, the house. These Bro, guys the, are ulti- the ultimate fight is it's just it's literally just a marketing junket for Connor to promote his alcohol brands. And the more this goes on, the less confident I am that they're actually gonna fight. Genuinely. I thought during 289 there would have been an announcement. They would have used it, used the pay-per-view to announce that Connor had entered the testing pool and the fight was gonna be on this date. The fact that he's still not back in the testing pool, which is just like verifiable information on the USADA website, it tells you like on a week-to-week basis who's being tested. Connor has not been tested. He will be the most tested fighter on the UFC roster ever by the time he finally goes back into the pool. He's going to have a USADA member just hanging off his cock for a month. And, yeah, it's um, I, the, the longer it goes on, I just the – noise, the noises the noises are not good. The noises are not good, man. It's just a joke. Like honestly, <laughs> you just need to watch it because it's funny. Um, this episode was yeah. a bit, a hell of a lot better than the first, I thought. But um, yeah, yeah, just tune was- into Connor being Connor. <laughs> it's fucking so funny. That's that's basically what you're tuning in for. I got to say, Cody Gibson, who had been had been in the Ultimate Fight, uh, been in the UFC before, I believe. Let me just pull up his uh, his record here. Cody Gibson had been in the in the UFC and again at 35 years age going to 35 years of age he's going to turn 36 soon uh, i i was i was uh, really really happy for him that he that he got that win and he advances over a kid mando gutierrez who looked who looked really good looks he will get to the ufc sooner rather than later but cody gibson hasn't been in the ufc since he lost to manny gamborian in 2014 and since then he's bounced around different oh excuse me that's incorrect he lost to um uh, Douglas Silva, Deandrage in 2015. But since then, he hasn't been back in the UFC. He had a fight in Eagle FC um, and he fought Francisco Rivera in, in some um, scrub uh, fight promotion, UNF. I don't even don't even know what that is. But to see him get maybe one more opportunity to get back and, and get a few more decent decent um, chunk, chunks of change from the UFC, that would be that would be really cool. I I I He's one of the guys I'm, I'm rooting for to win this fight. Unfortunately, he's got going to fight probably uh, Timor Valiev next, who was due to fight and got pulled. And I think Timor Valiev probably probably takes care of business. He's he's serious. He's way too good to be in the Ultimate Fighter. So yeah, um, good episode. There was there was good beef going on between um, uh, Roosevelt Roberts and some other some other dude in the house i don't even know who it was but he just got bitched out by uh by roosevelt roberts who had that crazy ko win and he's probably the favorite to win the lightweight bracket as well but yeah overall it's been an okay season a tough but like we said after the first episode it's it, there's nothing new there's nothing new and inventive you're tuning in purely to just see just see connor yeah and that's enough that's enough for me it's enough it's enough i'm not greedy uh, there is a card this weekend. Uh, there is a card. Bit this of a weekend. banger of a main event, if I'm honest. Uh, Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori, a fight that I'm definitely going to be watching because I am contractually obliged, but also because I'm keen to watch <laughs> it. Uh, but not a bad card overall. Fight night in the Apex. Uh, any other fights other than that one that you are loving? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, the first one off the rank uh, and and to the curtain jerker, and I sincerely hope I've not cursed him because 
I interviewed him as well, and that'll be coming out soon over at Combat Sports UK. Head to their YouTube channel. You can check it out. But I interviewed Modestus Bukowskis, and he's coming off the best win of his career when it flew over to Perth, enemy territory, short notice, back in the UFC, and beat up Tyson Pedro in an incredible performance. Best win of his career. He gets Zach Paunga next, and I really hope this is the start of another a, a, a proper run in the light heavyweight division for Modestus. He is a great guy. A uh, very good fighter, and I just, you know, I hope I hope things go well for him. I'll be certainly tuning in to to watch that one, if possible. Um, yeah, so that that one is it really really uh, draws draws my attention. We've got um, uh, Zuma Gulov, uh, who's just a, a fun character. He's uh, started to rock the the Paddy Pimlet uh, haircut as well, just as just as a bit of a troll, which is always good fun. He's he's an interesting fighter to keep an eye on. Uh, Rayonu Barcelos. He's, he's, you know, never in a boring fight. Armin Petrosian against Christian Leroy Duncan. Christian Leroy Duncan, former Cage Warriors champion, made his UFC debut at UFC London. His opponent blew out his knee during the fight, so he got the win, not how he wanted. Very interested to see what he can do. Extremely dynamic, violent striker. And then a uh, co-main event should be good as well. Armin Sarukian, but... He should be fighting ranked guys, and he's not fighting a ranked opponent. So, not sure what's going on there. But main event, man, let's 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 get into it right here. Are you are you uh, are you making a pick here? Who who have you got? Vittori. Yeah, me too. L- nailed on. I think, I think. Um, I would. I think I'd rather see Cannonier win. I love I love Cannonier, but I think Vittori is still a beast, and I think Cannonier might have hit his peak. Yeah, I think I mean age he's he's just turned 39 years old and let's be honest, none of I'm we're not in a hurry to see either of these guys fight uh Izzy again, but I'm sure as shit definitely not wanting to see him fight Cannonier again. Got no interest in that. Vittori puts together, you know, he puts together a, a good win over Cannonier here and then maybe fights fights one more guy to put him in put him in the picture right put him in the title title picture maybe they run it back with Delidze who cuz Delidze got the win uh, over, over him uh, what happens with Rob and Duplessis and exactly and exactly Vittori versus Duplessis Vittori versus Duplessis that's the fight to make if Rob handles business as we expect Rob to do yeah he'll probably just fight the loser of that fight i guess if he wins this one yeah um, so. and they'll probably piece him up. Oh, I don't know about Trickus, but Rob will piece him up. It's Easy. so annoying, man. I, w- I so badly want to see Izzy fight Duplessis, but I don't want to see him beat Rob. So it's just a, such a shitty situation. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it is. It is. The thing is, though, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press you for any inside information that you can give here, but... With such a short turnaround from Rob's fight with Duplessis, is it is it going to be Izzy versus the winner of that fight in in Sydney for the main event, or are they are they looking at something else, or are they keeping their options open? Uh, I think uh, I think that's definitely the goal, isn't it, to get Rob or Duplessis? It's yeah. like, it's but like it, eight weeks like, in between. It's not yeah. long, and you know Rob's no. Rob's not going to get beaten quickly. So, like, Drickus isn't going to get out unscathed. No way. And and he's also quite tough, Duplessis. He can take a beating. So, Rob's mm-hmm. not going to get out yeah. unscathed probably if he gets a win. 
So yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely up in the air. But I, I think that's Interesting. a little bit why Izzy wants those fights too, because they're quick turnarounds and probably light work for him. Yeah, and he'll make a shitload of money because the pay per view sales will be through the roof, especially in Australia. Oh, yeah, so. he'll dominate. Couple of good things that came like Urseg winning is good, is awesome for that card because he'll definitely be on it, I'd say. And then half a chance. I don't know if they'll oh, do it, but there's half easy. a chance he fights Kai Kara France. Um, I don't know if they'll do that because they'd probably rather separate the fights um, and have, you know, uh, as many Aussie slash Kiwi fights total rather than fighting each other. Uh, but either way, get to see Urseg. He gets to fight in his home country. Um, oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be so fun. You know what would be a great fight? And I know the UFC doesn't really like to burn prospects against one another, but Mohamed, Mohamed Makayev against Ursek would be really interesting because, yeah. That's that could be like a, two, two. one of those ones where they fight and then, you know, the second time they fight because one of them's the champ. And then they do a trilogy again, like, you know, like a Connor Poirier. So. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't hate it, mate. Would not hate it. Uh, but, yeah, a few interesting names there. Makayev is talking smack back and forth with Manel, Manel Cape or Manel Cap or whatever you pronounce his name. That guy's a lunatic on Twitter, by the way. Um, one more piece of uh, interesting, I guess, interesting news. <laughs> one more interesting piece of news, speaking of Israel Adesanya, is that he did come out and say... There is one condition on which you would fight Pereira for a fifth time. You see that? No. What? What's the condition? And he, if Pereira wins the, the belt at two hundred five, he'll go oh, up yeah. and challenge him at two hundred five for the belt, which makes complete sense because he's gone up to that division now. So, and he's he's in with a good shot of winning that belt, especially off Jamal Hill. Yuri would be a, a banger as well. So, man, yeah, man, let's that see what happens. That would be fucking huge. When when's that Pereira fight? Two ninety one, two ninety one. Is he is he booked? I don't think he's booked. Yeah, Pereira's fighting Blahovic. Oh, he is. That's right. Oh, yes. But that's not for the title though, is totally it? For- no, 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 totally forgot about that. Well done. Um, yeah, no, that that's not for the title. Uh, In my head, UFC, yes, UFC, UFC two ninety one. Uh, yeah, it's that it's that loaded non title fight card. BMF belt. Poirier Gaethje mate two main event. Blahovic Pereira co main. Tony Ferguson Bobby Green. Paolo Costa Ikram Alaskarov. Wonderboy Thompson against Michelle Pereira. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. What what about Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. what about um, say unfortunately the Rob slash Strickers fights an absolute war and those boys are not fighting again in eight weeks. But yeah, four weeks later. Pereira puts Blahovic out in a minute. Do you go Pereira is he number one contender fight or interim title belt in Sydney? There's n- <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Also, I don't think Pereira could turn around and make that even me even make two oh five again in such a short period of time. Because how far is that? That's September tenth. It would be. So basically, it'd be six. It'd be six weeks. I don't think Pereira could get out and make weight again. And genuinely, he cuts that much weight, even at two hundred five. Well, he obviously doesn't care for winning titles anymore. Then he's not dedicated enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, so much. So much depends on two ninety, mate. That's why it's so exciting. It is. It is. And let's just. 
let's just uh, get, get, get let's get your your, your pulses elevated a little bit. Let's let's let me yeah. Whew. Main event: Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez to unify the 145 pound title. Brandon Moreno against Pantoya. Robert Whittaker, Drickus Duplessis. Jalen Turner against Dan Hooker. Banger. Bo Nickel, Trayshawn Gorn. Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. Nailed on to be fight of the night already. Robbie, retort, Robbie Lawler's retirement bout. Sean Brady versus Jack Della Maddalena. Wow. Oh, fuck, Jack wins good. that. He's straight. He's right up there. He's that's, right up there in the mix. While we're on it, pause. Jack Della gets an easy win here. Say he does that, which that's quite likely. Yes. It's quite likely he gets a it gets a comfortable it's, win because he looks like he's it's possible. So that so not only does that mean he's available for two ninety three, but if he wins that fight easily, it also means he's the real fucking deal. Imagine it means he's the real a deal. Top and eight, top six guy to fight Jack Della in Sydney. How good's that fight? That's uh, yeah, that's that's serious. I don't I, I I don't know who you get. I don't know who you get. Um, Jeff Neal, Jeff. I mean, he just fights the next man up. Jeff Neal, uh, who who had a great performance against Shavkat Rachmanov, even though he lost. I wonder. I wonder if he's ready and available because Thompson's already matched up. Gilbert's taking some time off. He's all all kind of hurt. It's not going to be Chimaev, but um, Bilal, Bilal just fought. So there's only one name for him in within the rankings really that you could that you could give him, and that's Jeff Neal because you're not going to give unless unless they want to test. Ian Gary against Jack Della, but I have a feeling they're holding Ian, no. they're holding Ian Gary back back in reserve for a fight night in Ireland. That's what I think they're doing with Ian Gary. My I don't think they feed him. Here's a big prediction for 2024: is Jack Della's first fight in 2024 is for a title or an interim title. Wow, <laughs> big, big. I like it. I like that prediction. And. uh I get a pay rise. (laughs) (laughs) If that prediction comes true, you can. I'll allow it. Nice. Anything else you want to talk about? Because I could talk about it for three hours. Yeah, yeah, we will on our previous show. Nice. From particular. (laughs) Nah, I reckon we'll do a proper preview, you and I, and then we can probably do a little bonus app that week. All right, all right. yeah, yeah, because I know, I know, I know, you guys are gonna be gonna be busy pretending to work and all that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's get on out of here, brother. Tell tell the people what they need to know. You can find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube. Like, subscribe, watch our videos, comment on our videos, share them with your friends. Just play them in. Don't even watch them. I don't care. Just play them. Uh, Punchdrunkpod at gmail.com if you want to contact us. Lewis Glover MMA if you want to talk to him, asking some questions, uh, some life advice. He's f- happy to offer any and all things on the platform that is Twitter. Uh, give us five stars on Apple, on Spotify, on Spotify, uh, and TSI and KSI and anything else, PSI. Uh, that's what you pump your tires up, isn't it? The pressure. <laughs> anyway, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. PSA. <laughs> uh, any, anywhere else you want to give us a rating, feel free to do it. Graffiti on a train. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. Other than that, nothing else from me. So good to see you, mate. And yeah, and anything for you potentially happen in the next week or so that we should keep an eye out for or 
Oh, uh, let's have a think. Oh yeah, my wife might give birth, or probably almost certainly will give birth this week. So yeah, things are about to change dramatically huge. for this boy. Absolutely huge. huge. Lewis expecting a baby technically any minute, but within a couple of days is the due date. Good luck, mate. I wish I wish you the best of health. I wish your beautiful wife the best of health. And I hope it's as smooth as a birth can be. I know it then probably can't really be that smooth, but I hope all goes to plan, mate. And uh, this time next week, I am triggered within 10 minutes of a screaming baby uh, ruining the, the recording. <laughs> what are you going to call her? Uh, her? He? Her. Oh, I thought it was a her, T- yeah. It will be revealed the next oh, time we record. you bastard. All right. Love you. See you later. Super peace. Oh, man,